three non-negotiable absolutes that we all share together, faith, hope, and love, and especially the hope that's tied into uh, the return of Jesus. But uh, I thought instead that I would do something a little bit different this morning, and so I want to just invite you to uh, think with me a little bit about uh, a couple of uh, directives that I think Scripture gives us, uh, and in particular in relationship to Thanksgiving. And so... You know, there are these directives in the Bible that uh, enable us to live the way God desires for us to live. Like, for example, in Colossians chapter 3, we are uh, directed or urged or, you know, you might say commanded, but the Bible says, set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. I mean, I I call that like a, a directive. Here's God's will for us, his desire for us. Take your mind and set it on things above. It's your choice, right? But it's not easy to do, is it? Because why? Because there's so many things to set our minds on on the earth. Uh, and we are so busy and we're so, you know, taking it all in that it's hard sometimes. And so we get a help from God who says, listen, set your mind on things that are above. Be deliberate about it. Be intentional about it. Uh, because it's not going to just happen automatically. Set your minds on things above where Christ is. And uh, Barb and I this past week um, were on a cruise, okay? And I confess we were on a cruise. Um, I have two sisters. One lives in Wisconsin, one lives in Tennessee. And after our parents died, uh, we decided that uh, every other year we would get together and try and do something together to kind of Uh, hold each other together and so this year we went on a cruise and uh, we were in uh, the Caribbean and uh, everything is great there I mean the scenery is fabulous the color of the water the boat was great the the room was great the bed was comfortable the food was fabulous the weather the people who were all around us and so forth but the entire schedule of uh, the cruise was built around worship There were uh, devotions in the morning, and there were two uh, worship sessions or concerts uh, with about 40, maybe 45 different uh, artists, you know, uh, instrumentalists and so forth. And so the whole schedule was built around worship. So while everything was great and probably the best that the world has to offer, the greatest part of it all is when you set your mind on things above. The world was great, you know, it was terrific, it was fabulous. But the best part was coming together and focusing our minds on God and what he's done for us and who he is and what's coming in the future and what happens to us when we leave this life and and so forth. And so uh, this just is a great directive, right? Set your minds on things above. But you won't do that automatically, it has to be intentional. And so uh, another one of these directives, uh, which is especially pertinent for us this morning, uh, comes from, you know, we're studying First and Second Thessalonians, and uh, because that's where uh, the Bible talks a lot about Jesus coming back and about the hope that that inspires. And so at the end of First Thessalonians, in First Thessalonians 5:18, we have another one of these directives from God. And here, here's what it says. It says, "Give thanks." In all circumstances, (laughs) give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is God's will 
for us, right? Give thanks, it starts out this verse. And so I just think about this and uh, ask the question, give thanks. Um, Would other people around you call you a thankful person? Are you a person that sort of overflows with thanksgiving uh, or the giving of thanks? Do you appreciate life? Do you appreciate the blessings of God in our life? You know, count your many blessings, name them one by one. It'll surprise you what God has actually done and, and so forth. Or, or would people around you say that you're a, a thankful person? In James, the book of James in the Bible uh, says, you know, do not be deceived. Every good thing in life comes down from the Father above. Don't be deceived. Don't think this is the product of luck or chance or, you know, inheritance or genetics or whatever. But our God is above all, and every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above uh, into our lives. And so sometimes we get to Thanksgiving, and, you know, we've from time to time had a crowd of people around our table at Thanksgiving time. And uh, it's really kind of funny because some people are really thankful, but they don't know who to thank. They're like, I feel thankful, but I, who do I thank? You know, and because they don't know that every good and perfect gift comes down from above. And so we're told to be intentional. I think, why does God put this directive into the scriptures for us? Give thanks. I'll tell you why. Because we forget. Don't we? We forget to give thanks. Do you remember the story of the ten lepers in uh, Luke 17, I think? Uh, ten Jesus was just going along doing his thing, and he bumps into these 10 lepers, and uh, they say, you know, oh, have mercy on us, have mercy on us, and Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priest, and so they all go, and they all get cleansed, and then one comes back to say thank you. Do you remember that story? Just one comes back, and, and Jesus says, where are the nine? Where are the other guys? Where are the nine? Um, and then he goes on to say, hey, the one that came back was a Samaritan. Wasn't even a full-blooded Jew. A Samaritan was a half Jewish, half something else. Uh, and so, you know, the Jews hated the Samaritans, but the Samaritan was the one who came back to Jesus and said, you know, thank you. And so, again, you know, uh, I just think there's uh, this problem of us forgetting. It's why we... Uh, I think celebrate communion, it's why we come to church, it's why we need each other, uh, so that we will remember. I have a song that I really like, I can't sing, but uh, I wanted to read the words to you because it just, it's, a, uh, it's just a song called We Will Remember, We Will Remember. We will remember, we will remember, we will remember the works of your hands, we will stop, and then there's some syncopation, and give you praise for great is your faithfulness. Then the verses go like this. You're our creator, our life sustainer, deliverer, our comfort, our joy. Throughout the ages, you've been our shelter, our peace in the midst of the storm. With signs and wonders, you've shown your power. With precious blood, you've showed us your grace. You have been our helper, our liberator, the giver of life with no end. When we walk through life's darkest valleys, we will look back at all you have done. We will shout, our God is good, and he is the faithful one. I still remember the day you saved me, the day I heard you call out my name. You said you loved me and would never leave me, 
and I've never been the same. We will remember, we will remember, we will remember the works of your hands. You, uh, we will stop and give you praise for great is thy faithfulness. We need to be reminded to remember, right? Because we forget. So why does God come and give this directive? Give thanks. Because we forget how blessed we really are. And when we just stop and try to remember, we begin to create a list of uh, all of the blessings. So, now you'll also notice, uh, you know, um, I, th- I think, you know, what, what Paul is saying here is give thanks in all circumstances. In all circumstances. You got any circumstances? Most of us have circumstances, right? We got circumstances going on. We got all kinds of circumstances. Uh, we got people circumstances. We got work-related circumstances. We have financial circumstances. We have family circumstances, health circumstances, emotional circumstances, social. You get the idea. We all got circumstances. Now, notice what the, what, what the Bible says here. Give thanks in, not for doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. That would be kind of silly, right? I'm not thankful that I had to have open heart surgery. I'm not thankful that I broke my leg. I'm not thankful that, you know, different friends have cancer. I'm not thankful that all of these kinds of things. I'm not thankful for all those things. But in all of those things, we can be this unique people who are thankful in spite of circumstances. And God calls us out of the world to be his church, to be his people, to show off his power, his glory, his ability to sustain us and strengthen us in the midst of all the trials and storms that come our way. And so here's, you know, uh, the other part of this is uh, we can be thankful in all circumstances, not for all circumstances, certainly. But in all circumstances, we can be thankful. And um, I, I don't know, you remember old Job? Uh, way back in the Old Testament, Job, he had circumstances, Job, right? He had a really bad day one day. And uh, everything went wrong in his life, and everything fell apart. And uh, you remember this? Uh, his wife came to him. And uh, his wife said, you know, are you still going to hold on to your integrity? Are you still going to insist on trusting God and believing God and giving thanks to God after look at what's happened to you in your life? Everything is shot. And so his wife says, are you going to hold on to your integrity? And then she says this, why don't you just curse God and die? Have you ever noticed that when people get in a really bad circumstances, they tend to curse? And when they curse, they curse God. And you know what? Poor Job's wife, Mrs. Job, she... She didn't understand Satan was causing all of these circumstances. If you read, you know, the first couple chapters of Job, you see that Satan went to God and said, oh, your guy Job, the only reason that he's such a good guy and he trusts you and believes in you is because you put a hedge of protection around him. You take care of him. But if you took that hedge away and you let me, Adam, he'd curse you to your face. Right? And so God says, well, go ahead. Try it. Go for it. And so he does. And he does everything he can think of to destroy Job's life. And the wife says, you know, why don't you just curse God and die? But Job responded like this. Here's here's what Job said. You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? 
In all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. Uh, This is, you know, give thanks in all circumstances. Job was going to hold fast to his faith in God, his trust in God, uh, just knowing that maybe God has a different agenda for his life than he had for his life. And maybe God has a different agenda for our life than we have for our lives. And is that okay with us? And will the integrity of our faith be able to sustain us when God's plan for our life is different than ours? And we don't all understand it and so forth. How can we, you know, actually be thankful in all circumstances? Uh, Well, um, I think part of the answer is we know what the rest of the world doesn't know. We know Romans 8.28, for example. We know that God... We know this, the Bible says. We don't just hope it or wish that it would work out. But we know that God causes all things to work together ultimately for our good. We know it. So how can you give thanks in the midst of all circumstances? Well, you know God is at work in your circumstances. He's aiming to make it good. If you cooperate with him, he will make it come out so it will be good for you. And um, most of us have enough history in walking with the Lord that we can look backwards and we can see where there were some things that we really didn't care for and didn't like and weren't happy about and weren't thankful for. But now we look back and I'm so thankful that those terrible things happened because they shaped me and they made me into the person that I am today and I found the Lord through them, right? How many people have really come to Christ in the midst of some crisis that's come into their life? And it was just God allowing that to happen uh, so that people would search him out and find him and that he could bless them uh, in Christ. And so uh, I just think, you know, uh, it's so important to give thanks and to want to give thanks. In uh, Romans, where Paul talks about this, uh, Romans 8, 28, uh, there's a whole section there about hope. And that's what we've been talking about, hope. And uh, he talks about, you know, hope that is seen is not really hope at all. And if you think about it, if you put your hope in, in what you can see, so many people put their hope in things or people or whatever that end up disappointing us. Haven't you ever put your hope in something? I just hope this works out or I hope this person comes through or I hope the boss recognizes or I hope, you know, uh, whatever. And, um, and what happens? It disappoints us. And so Paul in Romans 8 is talking about a hope that doesn't disappoint when we put our hope in the Lord and uh, especially in his return. The whole creation is waiting, Paul says, and, and we were saved in hope, Paul actually says in Romans 8. We were saved in that hope that is tied to that second coming and when the Lord comes back, in fact, Peter says, put your hope fully in the grace that will be revealed when Jesus Christ comes back. First uh, Peter 1, 13, I believe it is. Put your hope fully. Put your hope someplace where it's not going to disappoint you. Put your hope in the Lord. And uh, our hope is tied to our faith in Christ. Uh, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because this is the will of God for us. Because God wants us to. Because God wants us to be a unique people. Part of the reason 
I believe, and you can argue with me, but I believe part of the reason Israel is going through what it's going through today is still goes all the way back to uh, the time of Babylon, like 600 B.C., and uh, God prescribed, you know, that he was going to do this and this and this to finish his frustration with his people that he chose. And we're still in the midst of that, as far as I can calculate. And so, uh, you know, it was God's will for his chosen people to be an example to the rest of the world that would draw everybody else to himself, to God. And uh, it didn't happen. And uh, the people didn't listen and so forth. And uh, righteousness went away from them and, and so on. So uh, one of the uh, contemporaries of Jeremiah, who also lived back in those days, and Daniel, and uh, <clears throat> uh, way BC was a guy by the name of Habakkuk and he writes a little book and it's only three chapters long but in Habakkuk it's kind of like a prophecy of what's going to happen when Christ comes back and uh and he's got a problem he's like God how can you use such horrible people the Babylonians uh, to judge your people your chosen people and it's almost like what's going on in the news today when you read Habakkuk Anyway, he gets all the way done, and he's asking God these questions. He's reasoning out, how does God use evil to bring about good? And it's kind of the question, and he gets all the way done, and he says, uh, <clears throat> you know, all right, I, I hear, and my body trembles, and my lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people, the people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread upon high places. He is my God. So no matter what the circumstances are, I will give thanks that I have a God who has promised to be with me and take me with him to be with him for all of eternity. What a great God. You know, I know another uh, favorite song uh, for a lot of people is the old rugged cross, right? And when we stop and think about the old rugged cross, it's because of the cross that we're able to come together and to give thanks to our God. Everything changed at the cross. The gospel really does change everything. And so uh, we need to remember, right? And uh, one of the ways God has given us to remember is through the Lord's table, the Lord's supper. And uh, he asked us to remember him by partaking of uh, the bread and the wine in order that we might remember the body and blood of Jesus that was given so that we would have somebody to be thankful to and that we would know him and that we would know him in a personal way and that our thanksgiving would not just be words but come actually from our hearts as a group of people who are truly thankful for the God who loves us so much. And so on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and the best for a world of lost sinners was slain. 